0: It's the Monday before Thanksgiving. I figured we would top off this week going into the holiday weekend with an examination, albeit briefly, into what some of the new leadership looks like in the House. And once those Senate numbers are tabulated, we won't know until December, although I think we're going to largely keep the leaders, assuming it's a 50-50 or 51-49 Democrat hold in the Senate. The change there is not going to be very different, I think, joe manchin will still be chairman of the natural resources committee but with respect to the house there are four interesting people to be aware of we're going to talk about their positions briefly and past experiences i'll defer back to also some interviews we've had with two of the four individuals i will speak about with respect to energy agriculture natural resources and the western caucus those are the four committees you want to look out for and those leaders and what they have in mind going forward There are lots of committees in the House of Representatives, but as it is going to look, the Republicans are going to retake the House of Representatives, except with a narrow majority. However, we will see more gridlock. And big picture, what we can see here, we're going to see a lot of vanity bills passed that may not make it to the Senate, or we may see some stuff in appropriations. So We may have better representatives in these different committees who are conservationists who believe in multiple use, all of the above, energy policies. However, I'm not sure, except for maybe non-controversial bills, maybe a handful of bills, maybe related to wildlife conservation, Pittman-Robertson Act, advancing much in the next Congress, in the 118th Congress. But I want to briefly talk about some of the incoming chairs. They are currently ranking members in these respective committees, but Two people you guys are probably familiar with if you listen to the show. The House Natural Resources Committee is going to flip from control by Democrat Raul Grijalva, who leads the committee. He's from Arizona. He's a known anti-hunter. He is not a conservationist. And he's injected a lot of extraneous stuff into the committee, a focus on climate and other things that don't really have a handle on wildlife conservation in my opinion. If you want to talk about climate, the energy and commerce committee is much better suited for that. So he was muddling it with a lot of stuff that didn't belong there. And so we've talked to the incoming chair who is currently ranking member Bruce Westerman of Arkansas. He is a sportsman. He is the lone registered forester in Congress and we've had two conversations with him here on the podcast and I'm not sure if he still listens to the show, but last I remember from previous conversations, he does tune in occasionally. And so he is going to definitely be a sportsman's voice in the House Natural Resources Committee. Make me depoliticize it a bit more. I expect that to happen. I think he's going to oversee many good bills coming in the next two years. We're going to see probably some forestry bills. He's put out some good bills to oppose reliance on forest and wood products from enemies like Russia. He's also probably going to champion a lot of sportsmen related bills, maybe things about WOTUS, Waters of the United States, and other kind of conservation pieces. So I think you have that to look forward to. You're going to see this kind of de-escalation of the politicization of the Natural Resources Committee that we have witnessed greatly under Chairman Grahalva currently. And he is a voice for sportsmen, no doubt about it. So I think with that You have much to look forward to, at least, even though we won't see legislation, good legislation truly passed, maybe with the exception of uh, things like RAWA, which I still need to do some research on, but I think anything to modernize Pittman-Robertson could potentially advance, anything related to or expanding the Great American Outdoors Act possibly can advance, but it's largely going to be gridlock, but we'll have good representation there. On the Western Caucus side, I just got the update last week, since this is the Monday, Following this, I got an update on Wednesday of last week from Western Caucus, and it looks like Dan Newhouse out of Washington State, who won re-election, is going to continue on as the Western Caucus chairman, and he is now going to, I think, have and wield more power since Republicans will be in the majority, so we've talked to Congressman Newhouse before, Um, He tackles a lot of issues that face the West. Even if you're in the East like I am, we still have to pay attention to what happens at West. And I think some Eastern members are also in the Western Caucus. It has a lot of people involved there, but they focus on kind of agriculture issues, land use issues, WOTUS issues, water issues, and the like. And they represent a lot of rural agricultural interests as well. Also bills to modernize the Endangered Species Act. So we're going to see... I think some clear-headedness with that committee as well. So we've talked to Newhouse. You can go back to previous conversations with him. And I expect, again, similar to what I talked about with natural resources, it's going to be a lot of bills that are great. We may not see them pass, barring some maybe instance where the Democrats and the committee do want to actually work on good bipartisan legislation, not bad bipartisan legislation that erodes true conservation. But we've talked to, like I said, these two aforementioned individuals, so it's good to see them in leadership roles again. Two more committees for you guys to be aware of. That is conservation adjacent. We have the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, where I said that climate kind of legislation is more appropriate to discuss. And I'm looking right now who the current ranking member is, and that is Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington's 5th Congressional District. She's been pretty good on energy issues. She has called for not really going uh, crazy into renewables. From what I understand, she has a sound approach, from what I recall in some of her past musings, on energy policy, keeping things in line with free market environmentalism. She represents a lot of rural interests. And so I expect her to lead the committee in a very interesting way. And we will keep tabs on energy and commerce as well. And there's also some other energy-adjacent committees that I don't think I'm at liberty to discuss. I'm on an email listserv of kind of a energy adjacent subcommittee that deals a lot of these issues, but I know they'll probably be presenting a lot of stuff. I've seen conversations and kind of chatter about nuclear energy being possibly prioritized and maybe getting some bipartisan support in this committee, so that would be something to look forward to. I think people like in principle the idea of nuclear energy. It's the true 24 7 baseload power. A lot of misconceptions are wielded about energy with respect to nuclear fission and such. So, I think we could see through energy and commerce perhaps that maybe some eroding of some of these, or rather challenges to some of President Biden's agenda items, which have brought about energy insecurity, higher gas prices, and the like. So, Kathy McMorris Rogers will likely be the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee in the House. And the fourth committee that is conservation-related is the House Agriculture Committee. And it looks to me, according to the website I'm looking on, ranking member Glenn Thompson out of Pennsylvania's 5th Congressional District is likely to be chair of that committee. And so as it relates to the Farm Bill and as it relates to conservation Easements and conservation items as it intersects with agriculture interests. Um, We will keep tabs on what Chairman Thompson does in this committee because there are a lot of different issues as it relates to farming, agriculture, cattle interests. We see attacks coming from the Security and Exchange Commissions with Scope 3 rules to make it harder for small and medium sized farms to operate unless they adopt and track upstream and downstream climate emissions, which is an impossible task and really out of step with a lot of what businesses, small farm and medium-sized business or farm operations do. And we also will see more attacks to this or or perhaps we'll see the Republicans rather address kind of their cons- these concerns head on and challenge the Biden administration. But like I said, in all of these four committees, it's going to be extremely hard to see good legislation passed, especially if Democrats are not on board, kind of a moderating tone with working with Republicans, because we're in gridlock. We're in a very divided time. But those are kind of the four chairs, and coming chairs I want you to be aware of, and I probably missed a few subcommittees and other committees out there, but we will keep you guys abreast with what is happening in Congress as well, much like with the state houses. Governor's mansions, the Senate, but that's kind of who you need to know and and put on your radar as people to look to for guidance if you want true conservation, sound energy policies. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.